Warning. The program you're about to hear is absolutely filthy and thoroughly disgusting. Furthermore, listening to it will immediately turn you into a bottom. Bottom. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Watch me shove this beer can up my ass. I'm proud to declare the Adam Sank Show and his ass open to the wind. Ass open to the wind. This is fuckery. <laughs> this is all fuckery. <laughs> fuckery, fuckery, fuckery. Powered by DNR Studios. And now... Give a warm round of applause to my friend and yours, Adam Sank. What? What? It's me? I'm on the air? Holy shit, and I'm live. I'm in the studio, alive and well. This is Adam Sank. Welcome to the show. We're back live, if you're listening live, at 11 a.m. Eastern, Saturday, May 21st, 2022. That's if you're a subscriber to dnrstudios.com and are listening on the DNR Cast app. That's the only place to hear this goddamn thing live and throughout the week that it first airs. Leave your ratings and reviews, which so many of you have been doing, and I am so happy about that. On Apple Podcasts or wherever else you listen. Why is that funny, JB? <laughs> okay, because my two questions. Because one, how many of them ask for aspic? And two, I feel like they're only here because of the aspic. So I'm here for it. Well, we're going to discuss that. But so far, uh, there have only been two requests for Steve's butthole. Uh, needless to say, it can't hurt. Um, <laughs> so, yes, leave, leave your reviews. And uh, if you want a picture of Steve's butthole, you can email me at adam at adamsank.com. Call and talk to us live on the Ass Hotline. You can talk live if you call now, 804-TALK-ASS. That's 804-825-5277. Like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. Get all of your ass merch. There's wonderful uh, tank tops for summer that say all kinds of fun things uh, from the Adam Sank Show store. That's on adamsank.com. You can get one that says, this is fuckery. Please get vaccinated and boosted. If Listen, if you're 50 or over, and some of us are, uh, the CDC recommends you get a second booster immediately, so do so. And here on the ass, of course, we stand with Ukraine. Today's guest is uh, – this is a, a friend of Steve's who Steve uh, hooked me up with, and I'm very excited. He is a an acclaimed recording artist and club performer named Boy Radio. He's apparently like six foot nine, and I'm very excited to have him in our studio. JB just clutched his heart. Yes, honey. Wait till you see him. He is a pretty, pretty man. But first, it's time to interview, uh, to interview, excuse me, to introduce everyone's favorite chubby chorizo back from his three-week-long vacation. <laughs> it is the one and only Steve Chataro. Hello, everybody. Steve, welcome back. You know, it's so nice to be back from the coasts of Italy, multiple coasts I was on, to the uh, the sands and dirt of the Hoods campground. The Hoods. The Hoods campground. It's really nice to be back, and I'm sorry that I missed all of you. You missed a lot of fun. I did. Uh, we, we got a review that actually mentioned Drew and not you, so that's what happens. He Drew, you are no longer welcome on this show. <laughs> I am the person that's supposed to be here, so get out. He absolutely <laughs> is, and uh, don't take so many vacations. I'm sorry. But I'm Steve sorry. is back. He's brown as a butterbean. He's got a cute haircut. He's all Thank dressed you. up for us, uh, and we're happy to see him. Uh, JB is here as well, despite uh, oversleeping this morning and blaming it on his alarm clock. Hold on. Hold on. Sir, sir, sir. It was a nice sleep, and my alarm clock did not go off. Jordan, <coughs> alar oh. alarm Whoa. clocks are set by people. They are. They don't have minds of their own. They absolutely are. You're absolutely right. What kind of alarm are you using? Uh, my regular clock alarm that plays. It was supposed to play Catching My Breath. That's how I know I didn't wake up because I didn't hear Kelly Clarkson singing to me Catching My Breath. Okay, like, but you have a smartphone. I do. That's what you should use for your alarm. It is. And that didn't go off either? Yes, my one alarm did not go off. Okay. Well, we'll talk about this later, but the important <laughs> thing is you did make it on time and we're all here together. Um, so, yeah, Steve was uh, in Italy and camping, and I spent the past week on Fire Island, which is why wow. you guys got a best of um, last week. And Fire Island, I have to say, was pretty quiet. It's still early in the season. Yes. But the first Daniel Nardiccio underwear party happened. I, I'm loath to say his name because I kind of hate him. But he throws a good underwear party at the Ice Palace on Fridays. And... Uh, I saw several chorus members there. Huh? Did which, you see their buttholes too? Uh, maybe. And we their... will discuss okay, okay, my okay. Uh, liaison in the back room with a chorus <laughs> member that I actually didn't even know his name. So he was new know. to me. But 
Um, but I had fun. And then the rest of the week, you know, it was raining most of the time and it was very quiet. And we basically just watched a lot of movies. And then finally, Tuesday and Wednesday, it was beautiful and sunny. And we went home Wednesday night. Nice. That was my Fire Island trip. Uh, tell me uh, one highlight of either your Italy adventures or your glamping adventures. So Italy, we on our second to last day, we got a private yacht to a private island in Sorrento that is what? only open, I think, to like five or six people a year. Um, if you are invited, like I was, you don't have to pay. But if you choose to rent out this island, it's 250000 to $300,000 a week. Um, Bitch. So- <laughs> you are living your white lady fantasy. I am. And I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Well, the whole point of the trip was they were trying to schmooze us so that we could potentially send our employers there to spend this type of money. Um, so the first hotel I would never send my employer to. Um, the second, the private island and the hotel that we stayed at, I absolutely would. It was your great. employer meaning? If it was like Joel Gray or if it was, right. you know, an, um, Jay Sugarman, who I also work for, any of those people, like high net worth families, high... Um, you know, wow, the perks of being an assistant. Uh, yeah, sometimes they schmooze, and sometimes it works if the product is great. A lot of times the product is shit, and we just don't um, do it. Just um, take the free vacation. Yeah. Oh, my God. So, and yeah, and camping, it was like you. It was kind of rainy and sad, but I think that actually creates for really nice memories that aren't drug and sex-filled. It was like just nice to sit and relax and cook good food and hang out. How unusual for you. I know, you know. For it not to be drug and sex filled. <laughs> my poor husband, he was like, how was it? I'm like, you know, not my poor husband, my very grateful husband. He was like, you weren't a whore? I'm like, Oh, he didn't go with you? No, no, no. He was traveling. He's doing uh, The Karate Kid in St. Louis. Fun. I know. So that should come back to New York hopefully soon if it does well there. Um, but yeah, so it was me, myself, and I. Awesome. Well, welcome back, and welcome back to me and uh, to JB. JB, anything exciting happened in the last three weeks for you? Uh, yes. Were you on a private island in Italy? Oh, well, not like rich girl fantasy <laughs> life, sis. I wish, but no, I got a kitty. You did? Uh, Yay. I did. How exciting. What kind yes. of cat? Yeah. Okay, so her name is Bella. I don't well, even have a cat sound effect that I can play. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> There's Steve. Uh, so... <laughs> Well, the, oh, the original owners called her Bella. I'm changing her name to Yumi. 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 Uh-huh. Because I enjoy that name. I think it's adorable. But anyway, I don't know what kind of cat she is. She's adorable. This what is my color? Favorite. Here she is. I'm oh, she's beautiful. That's called a uh, calico, right? When they're, I think so, yeah. When they're like tigress yeah. looking. So that's my baby. Good. Congratulations, uh-huh. JB. Thank that's you. exciting. I'm glad that you have a, yes. an animal companion. Yes, and I'm sure it's a she. It's a she. I'm sure. She, well, or they. What is her preferred pronoun? <laughs> I I don't know yet. You know, she. You know, she still haven't gotten out of her bag yet. So uh, it's a work in progress. Well, I'm sure she will keep you uh, company on those cold winter nights when yes. you have no windows. <laughs> I do have windows. <laughs> Just one that don't work. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> well, congratulations. Um, let's get to uh, recommended viewing and uh, hit it, Gail. I hate this segment. Who gives a fuck what anyone else is watching I on do. TV? This shit sucks. Sorry, Gail. Um, let's start with uh, JB, actually. Oh, um, okay. I, I've i been watching old shows like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like the <laughs> old, old ones, <laughs> the live action and the terrible suits. <laughs> okay. Just to laugh at my childhood, to see, like, I enjoyed this. It's nostalgia. Yeah, it's nostalgia, but it was so bad. Yeah. It was so bad. I'm just like, I enjoyed this. I watched this. These are so bad now. Well, you enjoyed it when you were supposed to enjoy it, when you were a child. I guess. But I'm still a child at heart. (laughs) What? I said, I'm still a child at heart. Yes, you are. We all are. All right. So you're not recommending it so much as telling us that you watched it. Yes, pretty much. Okay. Like, if you want to watch nostalgia stuff that's terrible, go watch the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. See? Hello. You know, I just started watching it last night, and in honor of the former co-host, uh, our little piglet, Ryan. Yes. It's uh, RuPaul's Winners All-Star, which uh, premiered last night on Paramount. Yes, I haven't started it yet. How yeah. is it? You know, it's actually really good. And it's kind of exciting that they have all these winners, which, as it should be, they've been running forever. They should have had this a while ago. I agree. Um, but I really love the choices that they had. You know, they've got Jinx Monsoon, Raja, Trinity, all everyone that you love that creates a little bit of drama. But it's also, in the first episode, you realize that they're all so grateful to have been winners. Um, 
and it was nice to see. So, yeah, um, I, I, I've always felt that all stars should be actual all stars. Yeah, I agree. if they didn't win, they should have come close to winning. And sometimes they've just had like random people who were like I agree. sixth or seventh place. <laughs> but um, I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to recommend two rather old and strange things. Um, just because I really enjoyed them and think everyone should experience them. One is a 1983, this is before Steve or JB was born, a 1983 Barbara Walters interview with Harvey Firestein. This is right when Harvey Firestein kind of reached the public consciousness. He had two hit shows running on Broadway at that moment, Torch Song Trilogy, which of course he wrote and starred in, and La Caja Full, for which he wrote the book, uh, Jerry Herman, of course, wrote the music and lyrics, and they were both huge hits, and suddenly there was this gay celebrity who was writing about gay things, and that was new. So Barbara had him on, and you can find this on YouTube, and it is one of the most fascinating things. It's about 10 minutes long. Barbara's questions are so offensive, so <laughs> ignorant, but at the time probably considered very enlightened and tolerant. She asked him things like, when you see a beautiful woman on the street, are you jealous of her because she might get the man that you want? Oh. And Harvey is so patient and so smart. And so his answers are so great. He's like, no, I'm not attracted to straight men. No. <laughs> and towards the end of the interview, she's like, Harvey, a few years ago, I couldn't have had an interview like this with an openly gay man. And he goes, you could have and you should have. It's nice. so good. And he basically just, just like, he breaks down all the bullshit and all the homophobia. It's a great interview. And we owe, we all owe Harvey Firestein a huge debt of thanks for so many reasons. Um, the other is a podcast from oh. 2017. Is it the Adam Sank Show original files? Yes, I recommend the Adam Sank Show from 2017. Uh, no, this is something I'd heard about at the time and then for, never listened to it. And I just binged it. It's only six episodes. Each episode's a half hour long, so you can do it in a day. It's called Missing Richard Simmons. I've heard of this. And it basically, Richard Simmons has been absent from the public eye since 2014, 2015. It's been a long time. After being one of the most visible celebrities, you know, he was someone who would lead an exercise class every week in West Hollywood that anyone could attend. It cost like $12, and he... He did that from the time Gerald Ford was president until, like, 2014. And then one day, he just stopped. He disappeared. He stopped talking to anyone in his life and made no public appearances and basically just shuttered up in his house with his housekeeper. And this podcast was created by uh, someone who considered himself a friend of Richard's, um, a, a, a successful writer. I think he had written for The Daily Show and he had taken Richard's class, and, and he and his husband had become friends with Richard, and he was very concerned, as were a lot of people, about what was going on with Richard. It starts out as a mystery. It starts out as, like, you know, perhaps something sinister is happening with the maid or with this massage therapist or some, someone's holding Richard hostage. And, in the, and I don't want to spoil anything, but in the end, it becomes more about a meditation on the cost of fame and the cost of being so accessible to your fans at all times, which is something that I really do know about. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, Missing Richard Simmons, I, I highly recommend it. It's beautifully done, even though it is six years old. Uh, is okay. there a TV show that's coming out? Five like years a, old. Um, series coming out based on that podcast? I could have sworn I just it's saw It's very something. possible. Yeah. I hope so. I would totally watch it. Me too. Okay, let's get to um, listener feedback. And we got so many new reviews in the past three weeks. I'm just going to whip through these. This one is very heartfelt. It's from East Hollywood Guy, who says, This review is, is for Adam, not his listeners. So fuck you, listeners. Bitch. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Adam, for caring. You care to be funny. You care to be current. You care about your fantastic guests. You care about your co-host, who Aww. shall have no name. You care about your studio crew, also no name. Your voice is great for radio, and your body and face are great for bed. Arr. Thanks. Love your show. Very sweet, <laughs> East Hollywood guy. It's almost a, a, a poem. Manny in Virginia says, very funny and entertaining. Adam Sank is so talented, insightful, and a joy to listen to. Looking forward, oh, Look forward to new episodes each week. One complaint. Wish they'd get the volume right. Always seems to be so low, I have to crank my speakers to high every time. 
I have to say, I don't think that's true recently. I think there have been episodes in the past that were uh, recorded at levels that were too low. Some of them were too high. They were overmodulated. I think we've kind of got it or right that these one days. One time you were recorded in stereo, uh, mono. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> but I think JB's pretty much got it. Got the levels set. I, I listened to the special we did last week, and uh, on, on uh, Patrick's car radio on the way out to Fire Island. It sounded great to me. Yeah, and Adam will let me know if things sound funky. He'll be I, the I first do. person to let me know. Oh, Stop believe it. you me, honey. <laughs> that <Okay>. is. <laughs> Shade. Um, ATX Scott. Oh, sorry. Before that, uh, P. Fitzgerald. Now, this one's from Ireland, so I'm going to attempt an Irish accent as I read it. Me favorite giggle pest. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Me favorite giggle fest podcast. I look forward to this podcast every week and have often had to pull my car over while listening because I wanted to just savor it. Savor is spelled S A V O U R. Adam Sank is the deliciously hilarious and hot host with interviews, anecdotes, and a smart, hilarious take on the world. So good. <laughs> Speaking of Harry Firestein, you sound like, Jew deny a doubtfire, dear. You could deny Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Thank you, P. Fitzgerald, and I'm sorry if I mangled your accent. Uh, ATX Scott says, so good. <laughs> this, this one made me laugh. Adam, JB, and the gang. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, your name Thanks. is The Gang. You know, I have been away for a month, so I'm going to let that slide. I request a new interview with my name in it. Damn it. Hold on. <laughs> a new I, review, you mean. I'm super happy I got second billing. Okay. Exactly. Yes. Adam, JB, and The Gang are always so funny, and you can just tell they're having fun. The guests are interesting, and Adam gives a great interview. And a good blowjob. I just added that myself. <laughs> Overall, great way to spend an hour on a Saturday. Okay, then we got dick pics from listener Scooter that were beautiful. They were very a nice. A gorgeous cock. Congratulations, Scooter. Good job, Scooter. I envy you. Um, Tommy from Riverside says, hey, Adam, you always say to email you, so I'm emailing you. And then I'm not going to read this whole thing, but he basically explains that Corey Kuehl, who I mentioned on a recent episode, is the best friend of a YouTuber named Tyler Oakley, and Corey's adorable. Uh, then he says, have a great day, Adam. I got to say, your temporary co-host, Drew, is a natural. So witty, quick, and hilarious. Tell Romaine to give him his own show. Tommy from Riverside, not in the OC, which is the worst place on earth, according to you and me. Because that's how I described it on a recent episode. And finally, listener David, David, listener David says, the podcast is getting better and better. Your interviews are the best. Love that I can uh, now hear JB. <laughs> <laughs> Steve is a great addition. Thank there you, you go. It's about fucking time. I said it before, <laughs> but I wanted to say it again. Best, David. David, you get a dick pic. Email us your email, and I will gladly send you a dick pic. Oh, now pic. you're sending dick pics? I Only to, sending... if you mention my name specifically. You know what? Let's up the ante. What, what's the new challenge going to be? The ass challenge seems to have been mediocre. Let's up it so we get more and... If they mention your name, they get a dick pic and a whole pic. Is that what we're going to do? Yeah. Okay, I so that's so. listeners. This is the new challenge for wow. the next three weeks. We'll say three weeks. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get to some news. There's actually a lot of fucking news because I've been off. We've been off for three weeks. Um, and this first story is about monkeypox. The first U.S. monkeypox case has been confirmed. And uh, wouldn't you know it, gay men are especially at risk. Health officials in Massachusetts have confirmed a single case of the monkeypox virus in a man who recently traveled to Canada. Recent outbreaks of the virus, which is endemic to Central and Western Africa, uh, but rare elsewhere, have recently occurred in, I already said recent, in the UK, Spain, and Portugal. The unidentified adult male in Massachusetts is the first confirmed case of the virus in the US this year. There's now one in New York, too, so that's the second case. Uh, uh, gay, bisexual, and men who have sex with men are particularly at risk, as evidenced by the recent outbreak in the UK, which occurred among men in the LGBTQ plus community. Um, a doctor says the evidence suggests there may be transmission of the monkeypox virus in the community spread by close contact. Contact. We are particularly urging men who are gay and bisexual to be aware of any unusual rashes or lesions and to contact a sexual health service without delay. Monkeypox is a zoonotic orthopox virus that appears similar to smallpox, but it's way less deadly. Symptoms include fever, headache, myalgia, fatigue, and swelling of the lymph nodes. After one or two days, lesions may develop first in the mouth and later on the face and extremities. 
like palms and soles. Um, despite its name, rodents are believed to be the natural reservoir for the monkeypox virus. Infections have also been observed in squirrels, rats, mice, monkeys, prairie dogs, and humans. Despite the fact that rodents are the main spreaders, this is the picture that they included with the story. And it's not only a monkey. The monkey is. It looks like a monkey who just caught his wife getting fucked by a bigger monkey. His, he's like, oh! his eyes are wide and he has a huge O face. Um, so, yeah, that's terrifying and not what we need right now when we're already dealing with COVID and HIV and multiple STDs. All of which Steve has. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't know that for a fact. Listen, just because I have every... No, I don't. I'm just kidding. I shouldn't say that. Lane, I don't have any of those things. <laughs> no, Steve is a healthy boy. <laughs> All right. Uh, biggest news story, uh, other than monkeypox, over the past week is that Madison Cawthorn lost his seat Yay. in Congress. Yay. Goodbye. Praise the Lord and goodbye, shithead. This Ma queen. Madison Cawthorn, if uh, you know, you know, we've talked about him a million times. He's the wheelchair-bound, hot, blonde piece of shit representing uh, Western North Carolina. He was Trump-endorsed. He was a huge Trumper. He conceded to State Senator Chuck Edwards uh, shortly before 10:20 p.m. on Election Day, May 17th. Uh, he did not speak publicly about the concession. Um, this guy Edwards is no hero, by the way. He's another piece of shit, but he's perhaps slightly less of a piece of a shit. At least he didn't speak at the January 6th rally. Um, Cawthorn did not lose by that much, I got to tell you. I mean, it's a small group of voters anyway in the 11th congressional uh, district in North Carolina. It's, it's, it's a sparsely populated area, but uh, basically Edwards uh, won with 33.4% of the vote to Cawthorn's 31%. There were a number of other candidates in the race who got smaller percentages. Because both of them got over 30 percent, there will be no runoff. Edwards will be uh, the candidate and most likely the next congressman because the Democrat doesn't have a chance in that district. But what happened before that is something we have not talked about because we've been off for three weeks, and that is the Madison Cawthorn humping video. <laughs> Listen to this. That's not a monkey. That is Madison Cawthorn humping the face of a man he identifies as his cousin. That's how I hump my cousin. <laughs> I mean, this is before he was in Congress, um, but not long before. He's on a bed naked Thank with you. what looks like an extremely hairy ass and he's rubbing his face against his cousin uh, rubbing his what looks like his cock against his uh, cousin's face and making those crazy noises and somebody else is filming them and you know again Madison Cawthorn wildly homophobic wildly transphobic uh, this video emerged after the other video of the same cousin slash friend slash aide grabbing Cawthorn's bulge in a car, and also the photos of Cawthorn wearing lingerie aboard a cruise. I mean, this guy was out of his fucking mind. And th that's why he lost. He didn't lose because of any of his political positions. He lost because he, he, he's clearly sexually confused and uh, kind of a deviant, according to people who use the word deviant. Um, but let me... Let me just remind you why we truly hate Madison Cawthorn. Um, hold on one second. Here's a text here that I think I have to read. Okay, great. Boy Radio is on his way. Uh, Michelle Cottle, a member of the New York Times editorial board, wrote this terrific editorial the day after he was defeated. And the headline was, The Madison Cawthorn Show is Over and We All Deserve Refunds. Just a reminder... Cawthorn, among his more notable transgressions, he has been cited twice in recent months for trying to board a plane with a gun. He has been busted twice for driving with a revoked license. He's been accused of sexual misconduct by multiple women, multiple women and of having an inappropriate relationship with a male aide. That would be his cousin. He has brazenly lied about his background, including key de details of the 2014 car crash that left him with limited use of his legs. 
He's, faces, he's facing accusations of insider trading. He said nasty things about Voldemort Zelensky, calling him a thug, even as the Ukrainian president struggled to defend his nation from the butchery of Vladimir Putin. He cheered the not guilty verdict of Ky in the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, the teenager who killed two people during the unrest after the police shooting of a black man in Kenosha, Wisconsin. He urged his social media followers to be armed and dangerous, and he has been am among the most aggressive, irresponsible peddlers of Donald Trump's election fraud lies, at one point warning that if America's election systems, quote, continued to be rigged and stolen, the result can only be bloodshed. So he's a fucking dangerous, toxic cancer on the United States, and he is gone you know those people that just love <clears throat> to say anything that causes sort of chaos and commotion? Yes. I feel like he's that I'm person. I'm one of them. You, you know. But you do it in such a loving way. <laughs> I try. But you know, you know, like I feel like he just says shit because he gets the attention from it and he right. wants to go to the extreme way just to see what happens. Well, he played the Donald Trump game, but he took it too far. Yeah. And he lost. Again, not by a lot. <clears throat> he lost by a couple percentage points, which just shows you how disgusting and yeah. fucked up the people in the 11th District of North Carolina are. But thank you for those of you down there who voted for Edwards over uh, Cawthorn. Now, in much happier news, another thing that happened while we were away were the Tony nominations were announced. And an actor named L. Morgan Lee made Tony history as the first openly trans nominee. Yay. Now, you'll remember that Peppermint was the first openly trans actor on Broadway, period. Mm -hmm. Now, L. Morgan Lee, who stars in uh, the Broadway musical A Strange Loop, has become the first openly trans nominee for her work in the musical. Um, that show, A Strange Loop, which I have yet to see and I hear only fabulous things about, it is the most nominated production of the season. If you remember when we had Adam Feldman on, he strongly recommended it. Um, Lee shared, quote, my mind isn't processing that this is real. I can't stop crying to specifically be a trans actress in the company of these incredible women that I respect and I've enjoyed for many years. This nomination is so much bigger than me. So that is uh, fabulous news. Um, let's see. Lee is nominated alongside a uh, girl from the North Country's Jeanette Bayardell, Mr. Saturday Night's Shoshana Bean, whom I also love. Music Man's Jane Hootieshell and Company's Patti LuPone and Jennifer Simard. The 75th Annual Tony Awards will be held on June 12th, so good luck to Elle Morgan Lee. It would be amazing if she won it. Do you imagine if she won over Patti? Uh, I think it's she should. I, I love Patti LuPone, but she doesn't do anything so great in Company. <gasps> Gotta tell you. You although I take that back <laughs> right now. Although I did love it when she screamed at that stupid bitch in oh the my audience God. for not wearing a mask properly. <laughs> we pay your salary. I do not pay your salary. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you it. do not pay my salary. My salary is paid by the producers. Yeah. You stupid cunt. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Shut up, cunt. That was Patty. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of Broadway... So there's this play on Broadway right now called Take Me Out. It's a revival uh, by Richard Greenberg. I saw it in the late 90s when it originally opened. Um, it's about a gay baseball player who comes out and sets into motion this chain of events. It's a wonderful play, and it features a lot of male nudity, full frontal. And it currently stars Jesse Williams, who is uh, best known to America for starring on Grey's Anatomy, which I don't watch. But this is his first Broadway show, and he, like his fellow actors, have to, has to be naked at a certain point on stage. And it turns out that he is not only one of the most stunningly beautiful men on earth, but has one of the biggest dicks anyone's ever seen. It's beautiful. Have you seen Did you see it? Oh, this? yes. Yeah. It looks like a baseball bat. It is shockingly big. Flaccid, I might add. Yes. So when you go to see this show, the theater is very strict. At the door, they make you... Uh, hand them your phone, and they put the phone in a sealed bag that you cannot unseal. They yep. can, they can, they they unseal it on your way out of the theater. This is to prevent people from taking pictures and making the actors feel safe being naked. Well, some piece of shit snuck in a phone that was unsealed and took a picture of Jesse's cock uh, on stage and posted it on Twitter. And there was a big kerfuffle because, of course, all the gays were excited to see his 
horse cock, but a lot of, you know, people who respect actors were upset saying this is a total violation. You know, these actors have an understanding. They're not on TV. They're not in the movies. They're, they're on a stage in a private theater and phones are supposed to be away. So um, Jesse kind of shrugged the whole thing off and he was on Watch What Happens with Andy Cohen along with Jesse Tyler Ferguson, who's in the show, and other members of the cast. And here's what, uh, here's what went down between Andy and Jesse. On the other hand, isn't it much better also when you feel good about your penis and you're doing it? <laughs> I, I would imagine so. I don't, so I don't know. But Did, I, did you um, not feel I'm good about kidding, your penis? I'm just oh, kidding. Okay. The awes and the audience. Oh, so oh my God. Well, it's true. So I mean, sweet. honestly. No, they haven't been to this show. So, um, like, like, I, you know, I don't, I, uh, I don't think it really, yes, I only know from my experience, but, like, just get it over with. I just, right. I mean, you know. Yeah. He's saying get it over with, meaning like it, the initial question was, is it hard to be naked on stage? I have to say, I've been naked on stage. I've done naked comedy. I've had pictures taken of me. Uh, I've had those pictures put on the Internet. It's not fun when you have a small dick. <laughs> you have a when lovely it's flaccid. Penis. When it's flaccid, it looks like a clitoris. <clears throat> so, uh, but if I were Jesse Williams, I would walk around with my dick out 24-7. You know what it is? Literally looks, walk down the it street. It looks heavy. It, it's oh, like, it's so heavy. It's, it's just pendulous. Exactly. <laughs> have you seen the pictures, JB? No, no, I have not. I'm, I, well, you I'm need to look them up. Them. I saw it live. I was at the show. I saw me it. Me too, baby. Just, I mean, there's a lot of beautiful dicks on that stage. Yeah. As Adam Feldman said to me, uh, those guys were cast for a reason. <laughs> you know what's interesting about that show is even though... One, I don't think the nudity is necessary for any part of that. To, it doesn't move the story further, except for the uncomfortableness of gay and not gay. That's the point. But there were no really good butts. It was very upsetting. They were all kind Interesting. of... Interesting. Well, yes, yeah. I do think they were cast more for their cocks than mm -hmm. their asses. I disagree. <laughs> I think the nudity is important, you an do? important element because it, sh it, it, it creates the tension between having a gay, an openly gay man and a homophobic man showering in the same space. It, it heightens the tension to, that they're actually naked, I think. Yeah. But yes, it's also a draw to get people to thinking, show up. You know, that, and it worked, yeah. honey. <laughs> I showed up. Speaking of Dick, uh, Andy Dick was arrested after allegedly assaulting a man at a campground on May 11th. Uh, this is not the first time Andy Dick has been in deep shit for his behavior. Video, this was live streamed, not the actual assault, but the aftermath. A uh, video posted to YouTube captured the arrest of Dick, 56, and the events leading up to him being handcuffed and taken from an RV where he was apparently living. Uh, footage shows a young man confronting Andy Dick after discovering a lube-like substance in his butt. Ass open to the wind, stick it in. Here I am. The man goes by the name of JJ, and he can be seen telling another person in the RV that he believed Dick had molested him in his sleep. Uh, here's the quote, and it's kind of disgusting. I was just in bed right now, and I smelled certain parts of my body. I was in the other RV with Andy, and the last thing I remember, we were on the phone with his fiance. I smelled parts of myself, and they smelled like artificial smells. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Do you stick his either. finger in his butt and then smell his finger? The man said he thought there was some sort of lotion or lubricant in his butt. Dick, who is heard saying that he's on the phone with his baby mama, denies the allegation and is then heard asking the man, did you take my blow? The man says, no, I didn't even take it whenever it was offered. <clears throat> then he asks Dick, why did you assault me in my sleep? Dick denies the accusations and tries to block the camera with his foot. He says, I never assaulted you in your sleep. Can you leave me alone? He then asks if the man stole his coke. I already told you that. So, uh, again, Dick has been in trouble so many times. His latest brush before that with the law was in November 2021 when he was arrested for felony domestic battery after he allegedly hit his boyfriend with a liquor bottle. And he's bisexual, by the way. Uh, police from Orange County. Uh, okay, over the years, Dick has been open about his alcohol and drug abuse and that he had a string of arrests that have made headlines. Last month, Vegas police conducted a welfare check at the home where Dick was staying after a man he was with pulled a gun during an argument. Um, in, uh, let's see, in October of 2021, he was arrested for allegedly hitting his boyfriend in the face with a frying pan. 
That same year, he was arrested for assault with a deadly weapon for allegedly attacking a male partner with a metal chair. In 2019, he was sentenced to 14 days in jail after being convicted of sexual bat battery for allegedly squeezing a woman's rear end. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. He is a fucking mess, and he can never seem to clean up his act. He sounds incredibly dramatic. It's like, let's take a pan and hit you over the head. I just sort of imagine like a camera in the background being like, oh my God, you're not bisexual. You're a flaming homosexual with dramatic tendencies. Yeah, he's crazy. And, he, and he's, I mean, it's sad, but he's also a fucking mm -hmm. menace to society. Yeah. And he needs to be locked up and, uh, and get healthy. On a much happier note, our guest is here, and I'm so excited to introduce him. He is an acclaimed musical artist, nightclub personality, and only fan star. Uh, JB, get ready to hit the music. He has performed at clubs and festivals nationwide and has been featured in Paper Magazine. You can see him at the We Outside Pride Day party on Sunday, June 5th in Everett, Massachusetts. Here's a taste of the musical stylings of Boy Radio. You've learned from someone broke you up is that what it was trust is a mind body and soul thing babe and that's enough on another level more than a face in a crock i'm a rebel trying to take you to the top do whatever from the front to the back i'ma test you yeah nothing like the rest boo you can't trust me i'ma trust you doing every little thing that we can do from the front to the back i'ma get you too and joining us live here in our New York City studio is the one and only Boy Radio. What's up? Welcome. <laughs> oh my gosh, crowds. Yes, our audience is going crazy. Do I, I don't call you Boy, do I? What no, do I call uh, you? Radio. Radio? Boy Radio. Okay, yeah. but your real name is Jordan. Yes. We have another Jordan here. Oh, really? Mr. Jordan Bercy. Oh, yes, hey. I also do not go by Jordan. No, <laughs> JB. Yeah, oh, JB's cute. JB Radio, Radio call, JB. It depends on who, who I'm in the room with, but yeah. <laughs> All right, so more basic information. How tall are you? 6'5". Beautiful. Yeah. And you are beautiful. Thank you. Do you get tired of people asking you how tall you are? Every day. Yeah. I don't get tired of it, but it's I, it's like that Terminator kind of like uh, blanket, like, doo -doo 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 -doo, like the second someone's like, oh, how tall are you? Do you play basketball? Like my mind goes oh, into like automatic response mode. Right. And I'm like, I am taller than you think. Or like, I do not play basketball. Like, it just, I don't think twice about it. It's an annoying question, I know, for yeah. tall people, because it's like, nobody asks a short person, like, oh my God, you're tiny, how tall are you? Or uh, <laughs> a heavy person, like, oh, you're big, how much do you weigh? Like, yeah. these would be considered rude questions, yeah. but somehow we just have permission to ask you about your height. Yeah, there's a sense of, like, joy, perceived joy that comes from being taller than everyone. They're like, oh, you're so great because you're so tall. It's like, yeah, thank you, but it's like, I this is my life. Like, right. I, I don't know. You're tall every day, not yeah. just when you meet someone new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> grew up in California. Uh huh. Tell us about your childhood. Oh, leave my nothing gosh. out. Okay. Well, when I was when I was a kid, I was the same height, uh, six five, oh out God. of the womb. <laughs> uh, I destroyed my mother, but she's still kicking. No, um, Southern California is a really really interesting place to grow up in. It's very. I grew up in like a very suburban area. What was the uh, name of the town? It's called Rancho Cucamonga. Oh, yeah. I've yeah. heard of Rancho Cucamonga. Yeah. And, uh, and then all of my family, like my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, grandma, everybody lived in like Los Angeles proper. So I was always going back and forth between this like random suburban town that was mostly like very Latino, very Asian, very black, very white. And then going to like Inglewood, Compton, East Compton and like being in like you know, California, love, like really like L.A. Right. Um, like a culture clash. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. But I'm an only child. So like I had these like two lives. Like when I was living in in uh, Rancho, it was like very one thing. It was very creative for me. Very like, you know, whatever kind of like things I could digest to like feed my creativity. And then L.A. was very much like I felt like an outcast, but it was only because my family didn't live where I was. So. So you preferred being in, in Rancho? I like both. I like the, like, duality. Yeah. I mean, it, it was like, for me, growing up as a kid, I felt very alone because I was, again, only child. But my mom worked a lot, so she trusted me to leave me at home. So I just, like, you know, used to watch MTV a lot or I used to, like, dance in the mirror and, you know what I mean? I'd come home from school and I'd have, like, from 3 p.m. until 6 p.m. to do whatever I wanted. And I would just, like, put on music and just, like, dance and sing and write and do the same crazy thing were you a loner 
No, I had a lot of friends. You did? Yeah. I mean, I imagine being tall and great looking, it, it, it can really only go one way, right? No, I'm, I mean, I'm very much Stevan Ar Arkell from Family Matters. Were I you? Was, like very nerdy. <laughs> were you nerdy? Yeah, super nerdy, super skinny. Um, I had a lot of friends because I was shy. Like I was shy. So it forced me to want to make friends, if that made sense. But yeah, I had a lot of people. I still have, like, one of my best friends has the same birthday as me. We met in the fourth grade. We're still friends. That's cute. Yeah. And when were you, when did you have an inkling that your sexuality, I mean, I shouldn't assume, are you, you're gay, yes? Yes. <laughs> yes. These days, I know. <laughs> Sometimes. Kids don't like the labels. Yeah. It's like, I'm just me. Mm -hmm. um, when did you have an inkling that, that uh, you were attracted to guys? That's a good question. I, uh, mm, I would say there's probably... There's probably one solid moment that I remember, like, remember. Uh, I remember discovering porn because, you know, the internet age. And there when was, you were held. Oh, God, I don't know, 14, mm -hmm. something like that, at 13 maybe. And there was a website that had, like, uh, a page, a landing page of just, like, every different type of, like, stereotypical man. And, like, one of them was, like, a surfer and a skater, and I grew up skating. So, like, there was, this, like, this, like, brunette uh, skater and there was a guy who looked like him that I, like, was in class with. Right. And so we were in PE, and we were, like, changing next to each other. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's good times. And were you, was it something you when, – when you realized it, were you upset? Were you like, oh, God? I mean, yeah. I feel like because I grew up in a Christian household that wasn't really enforced, I felt like my sexuality was immediately misunderstood or immediately seemed, uh, seemed, seemed demonized, I guess. You know what I mean? So right. I was I was nervous that like, like the idea for me for a long time was like I can never be an entertainer or I can never work in entertainment and be out or I can never like actually enjoy being a creative without having you know a girlfriend, a wife, a kid, the whole thing. And like Steve and I, when we worked together, we were, weren't out. I don't think. No, Neither was I. I no, think we yeah. both weren't out. <laughs> we weren't. Tell the listeners how you know each other. Do you want to tell the story? No, you today? go for it. So we were in this very family friendly show called. Is it gonna shake? Gonna shake it up? I at, think so. I at remember. Hershey Park, super mm. wholesome, very wholesome. I played the good boy, and he played the sports guy. Yeah. With and his dance partner was probably four or five. Do you remember Erin? <laughs> She's like this big, also from California, yeah. if I remember correctly. So funny. Um, and so that's how we met. And I remember you had just started sort of thinking about this boy radio thing, and you got that tattoo. Yes. Of, my radio. Yeah, of the radio. And then that's the last time we've seen each other. It was yeah. 12 years ago. That's so wild. Yeah. And neither of you were out. No. No. But no we were, one in that cast was out. I no, we were all super young. And, and like, I mean, we were like 21, 22 or something like that. 20s, I think. Maybe 20. Yeah. Oh, my God. 20. So it's been 15 years. Yeah. Jesus. I haven't yeah. seen him in 15 years. Yeah. That's, that's nice crazy. You look exactly so good. You look good, too. Oh. Exactly the same. But oh. you stayed in touch. A little bit. Like yeah. Facebook and social yeah. media. Likes. Now, I ask this only because Steve is a huge whore. Yes. Was there any uh, hanky-panky between the two of you during the tour? No. That's shocking. No, it wasn't. Steve would never allow an opportunity so, like that to go by nowadays. <laughs> no. Well, here's the thing. It, everyone, actually, I think almost every guy, Chris was out. If you remember Chris. Yeah. Yeah, he, he did the tour of Chicago right after that. Um, anyway, everyone in that show was not out, but was secretly having sex either with each other or outside. And we all heard about it, but no one confirmed it any part of it everyone but me isn't that yeah. sad like isn't the, clo the closet such a ridiculous thing yeah. like people could just be honest about the fact that like yeah i'm doing this and i want this and yeah it's yeah. sad i mean it was better for you guys than it was for me i'm like from a whole nother generation we didn't have internet porn mm. we had, i'd watch like porn on vhs tapes if i was lucky enough to yeah. land one and, it, and then you'd watch the same thing a thousand times yeah um so what were your musical influences growing up um, I fortunately grew up in a musical household, so my mom used to collect records, and she had like I'd say like 300 records wow. that were just like in this closet, and I I used to just like thumb through them, and just pick my favorites based on the cover. So everything from I mean I, Marvin Gaye, Bootsy Collins, um, Aretha Franklin, Luther Vandross, uh, Aerosmith, um, Parliament Funkadelic, like just like this like crazy just kept, very eclectic yeah kept feeding my library and then when i started like developing my own taste i fell right into pop music so i mean my my like teen years was all the teeny bop shit just because it was fed to us right but i luckily had like britney and you know we had nsync and we had like we had like people who were like fulfilling the teeny bop cycle 
but we're doing it well. We're actually talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that was a good time for pop music, yeah. actually. So when at what point do you start creating your own music? I started writing songs at like 14. Mm. And I mean, it just I, I always used to keep them to myself. I didn't really share it with anybody. And, uh, and then I think uh, there is somewhere a video of me performing at like a, a telethon, like a Rancho Cucamonga <laughs> library oh telethon. And it's me. I remember I was wearing red. I had my two friends at the time as backup dancers. And I, I, I wrote this song on, I used to play PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this song on a PlayStation music producer Stop. thing. But the thing is, you can't, you can't like bounce the songs to anything. So I like recorded it from, like put a radio to the TV and recorded right. the audio that way. And then I sang live to that. So I don't know where that video is. I don't know if it exists, but my mom probably has it somewhere. It <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, you should definitely post that it's, if you can yeah, find it. <laughs> so at what point do you move to New York? Uh, I moved to New York when I was 19. Uh, or 18, and I came to go to school. I came to a conservatory here. Which conservatory? Um, AMDA, which a lot oh, yeah. of people go to. Tons of people went to AMDA. Janelle Monae mm-hmm. went to AMDA. Yes. Um, Jennifer Coolidge. No, she didn't. I just wanted, <laughs> I just wanted to say her name. Shut up, cunt! <laughs> <laughs> there she is. Uh, and, uh, and it was like exciting for me because I'd never been to New York City, so my first time coming to New York was moving here, and it was like really leaning into pursuing just... The creative like i i did two years of uh uh university and after my second year i was like i don't want to do this like i just didn't want to be there right um i didn't feel confident i didn't feel like i could find my tribe i had friends i was also working at disneyland at the time um so i had friends how are you working at disneyland if you were in new york it, before i moved to new york oh i see just before literally the, the summer that i moved to or that i worked to what were you doing at disneyland hilariously i was doing voices uh, I was working in a, an area, Tomorrowland, which we all know of, uh, and I was working in a place called Innoventions, which is like the great, big, beautiful world of new like technology and whatever. And I was just someone who was like, welcome to Innoventions, blah, 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 you can go over here and play with this. But then at some point I got like a little bit of a promo promotion and I um, was doing uh, the voice of Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. I totally remember this. Yeah. yeah. Can you do the voice? Aloha, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> JB just wet himself. And, yeah. and, but I'm confused. Why wouldn't they just have someone record that once? Like, why because, did you have to do it live? Because it was it was live improvised. It was a telephone booth that people would walk into, oh. pick up a phone, and then and then Stitch would come down from a like coconut tree, like a CGI Stitch. And I was in the back controlling him with a remote control with a microphone. Stop. It's like doing a puppet show. Oh Correct. My God. I've but, seen these things. There's a new thing at Disney. There's this TikTok going around where they were talking to the turtle from Crush. Finding Nemo, Crush. Yeah. And guys, and the guys talking to him is like, I enjoy turtle soup. And Crush just kind of floats away. But it's like a CGI thing happening. I see, I picture an actor being behind there talking to them. I think that's so fucking cool. That's what it is. Okay, great. Not to ruin I'm the shocked. magic. I'm yeah. shocked that they aren't just canned recorded responses so could, could you do other voices too stitch walked so crush could swim stitch was the prototype for all of that so we had that that stitch was only supposed to be a temporary thing that was supposed to be like two months <laughs> and because you know the way those things work it was like this is great so they kept it for like six years but you never did like mickey or goofy or Donald no no no, no 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 i could have auditioned for the crush thing but i was ready to move to new york so it's so funny yeah. what an interesting job yeah it was fun i mean it was like improvising yeah kids and acting and, yeah it was a good time so okay so you you uh leave amda Yes. And at what point do you move to Brooklyn and become part of that whole scene? Um, there was a very like defined moment. I met one of my good friends, Gage, who uh, ran a space called The Spectrum. Mm-hmm. And The Spectrum is like quintessential queer Brooklyn. Anyone who's been here for probably you know eight to ten years or more knows about Spectrum. It was like the one place where it, it was a apartment slash club, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So all the after parties happened there. It was like you know things would go until nine in the morning. And it felt like it felt like a space that was out of the norm of what club clubbing should be, right. but was still a club. Um, and I started going there, and that's when I really started to find my like my voice and my body and my comfortability. Um, I was living in Manhattan at the time in Harlem, so I was coming back to Brooklyn and forth. And it it's was a hike. Like, it was a hike, yeah. So then, like, eventually, it was like I had to make friends because I was like, I'm staying over. So that became kind of a place for me to like grow and explore, and you know what I mean. There's such a specific scene 
in Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, especially a queer scene that is so unlike any uh, anything else happening in New York City, I feel like. How would you des- describe it to someone who's never been to Brooklyn, who's never been part of that? I mean, it's pretty radical. There's a There's a level of it that's very radical, and then there's a level of it that's very basic. Like, I have a lot of friends who kind of fit in both categories. I have friends who love getting dressed up, coming in looks, putting on makeup, um, fucking with the binary, you know, showing up to straight spaces and very queer looks. And then I have friends who are, you know, cis men who are like, I like wearing basketball shorts and T-shirts. And like, right. I, and I, I, they identify as queer, but they prefer to assume the, you know, presentation of like maleness or whatever. Right. So I don't know. I, I, I think there's a, a level of comfort that exists, but also there's that like, the duality of like it is still not our space. Like the majority of Brooklyn is still very straight oriented. Right. Um, We're so, talking about places like Bushwick. Yeah. And, and uh, like where where else would you say is part of like uh, where, where can queer people go and feel really comfortable? Bushwick, Red Size changed, of course, a little bit. Williamsburg, of course. Um, Greenpoint. There's like little pockets, but the thing is, the spaces that exist in those little pockets are small, but when you're there, they feel big. Right. You know what I mean? It seems to me there's just so much creativity going on. There's yeah. a uh, there's a there's a comfort level created, like you said, and out of that comes a crazy creativity in terms of art and music and drag and DJing and singing and, and I, I feel like um I feel like it's kind of a magical time. I didn't uh I wasn't familiar with it until I had a boyfriend who lives in Prospect Heights and spends a lot of time in Bushwick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is different. This is it's so cute. different from Manhattan. It makes me feel good about being here. And it makes yeah. me feel like every time I leave for any reason, I, I do look forward to coming back home because I know there's nothing like it. It just yeah. feels good. Let's talk about your OnlyFans career. Okay. Now, I don't pay for OnlyFans, <laughs> so I wasn't able to preview what's going on on your page. That's but- unfortunate. One of, my, one of my really good friends was like, um, pay for your porn. I know. Period. I, I know. I know. But it's not porn. I wouldn't say it's porn. Well, tell us what's going on. What happens okay. when someone subscribes to <laughs> Boy Radio's OnlyFans? Well, it's not called Boy Radio. It's called Jockass. J O C K A Z Z. Okay. And it's uh, a play on Jackass, MTV's Jackass. Yeah. Yes. So the idea that I came up with a long time ago that I was like, wouldn't it be funny if I made an OnlyFans and it was like just me doing stupid stunts and dares or like having people come over and doing things like, you know, putting their dick through a glory hole and then like having them guess what's on the other side of the glory hole. <laughs> and everyone's like, ha ha, that's great. I'm like, it is great, isn't it? And um, in December, I December was really hard for me because my partner and I had like a little bit of a rocky, you know, kind of a breakup and also just like us evolving and, you know, making it through 2020 and, and right, you yeah. know, being a, 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 a boyfriend team that, you know, spent that year together like nonstop. So we hit this moment where it was like, we need to break. And it was just really hard. And then I came back from a trip and I was like, I'm doing it. I'm just, I'm just gonna do the OnlyFans, I'm gonna make it. And I did it and I, the first thing that I did is it's me dressed up as Spider-Man. And, um, <laughs> and I had uh, this uh, Tantra coach named Will, Daddy Will Tantra, mm-hmm. really fantastic guy from San Francisco. And he's dressed as Batman. And he basically, him and I have this conversation about edging. And so it's him just me, full Spider-Man, him in this Batman mask, and we're talking about edging and techniques and how to oh my God. come control and PC muscles and all that stuff. And then he just like shows like techniques on me. On your dick. Yeah. Wow. So we do get to see your dick. Yeah. I'm an exhibitionist, so I actually like to me, like the line between creativity and porn is very, you know, very strong because, you know, if you're doing a music video and you're naked in it, it's art. Right. But if you're if you're jerking off in a shower, that's not art. Right. So I made it a point because I subscribed to a few OnlyFans and I was like, okay, well, they got me. Like, right, I, right, right. I paid my $12. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and you're literally just looking at the camera, jerking off. Like, I'm like, great, you look, you like yourself. That's cool. Right. Um, and I was like, I don't want to do that. I want it to be something that's like either super silly or if it's going to be sexy, I want it to be sexy but fun. Um, and if I'm posting selfies or if I'm posting videos like that, I want it to be like dumb. I like want it to be dumb content. Right. So yeah. So it's like if you go to uh, Jockass, uh, OnlyFans.com forward slash Jockass A Z Z, you'll see that video. Um, you'll see a video of me and an artist I know named Gunner Gates, who's like an actual porn star. Um, we shabarried him to a to a uh, rigging 
like tied him up to a rigging and I slingshotted dildos at him. <laughs> Just to see which ones. This is like a cross between like OnlyFans and the Howard Stern show. Yes. Yeah. I, I love mean, it. I want to do more of and it. And how much does it cost to subscribe? It's $11. All right. And what you might not know is OnlyFans takes three of those dollars. So it's only $8. Right. Getting. No, yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. In the time remaining, Radio, we're going to play Ask Me No Questions. Okay. Don't ask, ask me. Ask me no questions. Ask me no questions. Yeah. If you could have sex with one celebrity, who would it be? Um, The Rock. Oh, good, good answer. Call. He's fucking sexy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, name a sex act in which you'll never take part. Um, scat play. I agree. Yes. Good answer. Uh, what's the most sensitive spot on your body? Uh, my nipples. Oh, you're a nipple guy. Yeah. I wish I... Mine are dead. I so will I'm not. Gonna, and I, I, I no keep feeling. thinking like, oh, I'll get pierced. No, I'm not doing that. It would hurt too much. I wouldn't do yeah. that. Um, what's your biggest pet peeve in bed? Um, <laughs> my biggest pet peeve in bed is um uh not uh, communicating. Oh, okay. Like, say what you like. Say what you what is working. What's not working? Like, don't just make porn sounds. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but like, Sound if like you actually, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's say whatever you're doing to them, they just really enjoy. Do yeah. you need them to say, like, I'm really enjoying that? Or... No. <laughs> <laughs> this is satisfactory. I'm enjoying this so much. It no, no, feels no. very good in my asshole. <laughs> no, but even, like, even just, like, yeah, moans and groans is great, but it's also nice when you're, like, okay, now, like, I don't know, when you communicate, like, what you want, it's fun. I don't know. It's fun. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah? I think it's sort of... For me, the fun about one of the fun things about sex is the challenge of figuring out what they like. The nonverbal. Yeah. yeah. Like if I put my tongue right there and you go, oh, like that's exciting. Yeah, without, that's true. Without your having, but I see what you're saying. You should definitely tell me if you're not enjoying something that's true. I'm doing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard for me to say to someone like, "Your teeth. Oh my god, the are teeth. really hurting my cock right How now." How do people not know that their teeth are like? Thank jabbing you. your dick up in the and head. I don't have a big dick. Like it's not hard to give me a good blowjob. <laughs> Um, okay, we're going to play F. Mary Kill. Oh, fun. And this is a tall guy edition. I had, oh, to, I had to Google tall celebrities. <laughs> oh, and fun. strangely enough, you've already mentioned one of them, so I, I already know uh, what one of your answers are going to be. But your choices are Calvin Harris, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and Shaquille O'Neal. You have to fuck one, marry one, and kill one. I would... <sighs> I would marry The Rock. Yes. Yeah, he's a husband. That's my husband. Um, Mary the Rock. Uh, who's the other one? <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal or Calvin Harris. Oh. Who's apparently like 6'8". Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Uh, oh, that's hard. Okay, okay. I'm going to do this only because I have to. I'm going to kill Shaq no. be because Shazam. Um, oh. <laughs> and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fuck Calvin Harris because he's, he's probably got good rhythm. Yeah. 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 And marry the Rock because with the Rock, you marry him, you get everything. You get the Rock and you get the money. Well, I also he has a lot of hands and a lot of pies. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. got so many yeah. pies. Uh, I want his hand in my pie. As he's playing with his nipple, he's yeah, like, he does have pies. <laughs> yeah, boy, Radio is like fantasizing. <laughs> I love, uh, I love the WWE. I'm a big wrestling fan. Oh, okay. So, are you JB? I was, and then I just grew out of it because I realized I like The Rock. And I wanted him inside of me. Mm -hmm. and then when they stopped showing him, I just stopped caring. <laughs> I mean, I was never into it, but sometimes I, when I catch a glimpse of it, I'm like, this is very homoerotic. No, it's fun. It's very gay. <laughs> it's I very theatrical. It. Yeah. It's super Campy. fun and super silly. Super, yeah. It's camp, and it's like the best way of like enjoying camp with boys and brief Speedos. <laughs> yeah. What musician or group is your guilty pleasure? I'm a Britney Spears fan. Yeah. I'm a huge Britney fan. I don't know yeah. that we have to be guilty about her anymore. I think she's sort of proven herself as both an artist and like a survivor. True. And yeah, I yeah. mean, I'm not a, I'm not huge into Britney, but I definitely respect her. Um, if your penis were a tree, what kind of tree? What kind of tree would it be? That's my Barbara Walters question. Barbara Walters. A, whip, a weeping willow. <laughs> would it? Oh, Is no. it sad? No, that's just something I remember from like a Tiny Toon Adventure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what kind of tree would it be. Oh God! Uh, 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 apple tree. I don't know. It's big. Yeah. Basically. No, I mean it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Where? Can, how can people follow you online? You can find me on Instagram at, at @boy.radio. OnlyFans. Since you asked, OnlyFans.com/jockazazz, and Spotify, iTunes, 
Boy Radio. It was a great pleasure having you. Thank you so much. Uh, you can People can see you at the We Outside Pride Day Saturday on, or excuse me, Pride Day Party on Sunday, June 5th in Everett, Mass. Steve, plug yourself. Steve Chazarmadine on Facebook and Cub Mexi on Instagram. JB. Stock Anarchy 12, only on Instagram. And I'm Adam Senk everywhere. Tune in next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.